Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season, everything from NFL and bowl season to esports. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We are the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 50% off welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. Welcome to another episode of the Believe in OK State podcast. I'm Megan Robinson, joined once again by Eve Patoba and Justin Southwell. Guys, Cowboys season has officially come to an end. The Cowboys come back last night to Wisconsin, fell short, losing 24-17 in the guaranteed rate bowl. We're done. Yeah, it's done. Look, <laughs> it was a long, gruesome season. Very promising at the beginning. And then, it's just, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of fell off the cliff. Now, uh, I wonder if Brennan Armstrong was just going to commit to to Wisconsin here in, in any moment now, right? I, I felt like it was his bowl game, uh, his decision-making bowl game. So uh, that's my biggest takeaway from there. But, I mean, outside of that, it's just, man, there's got to be something that shakes with his offense. Yeah, we've got a lot of work in the offseason. I mean, the offense is just non-existent right now. And, like, you know, I I, I get the, the quote, defense wins championships okay but you need an offense so uh <laughs> we gotta work on that a little bit more yeah so you, you know we trailed 24 to 7 enter, entering the fourth quarter and we scored 10 unanswered port to make it a one score game late and um defense scored a three and out to get the ball back for osu with two minutes 51 seconds remaining um you know of course the quarterback throws a pick to end the game and you know that was it that that was the end of the game that's pretty much where it ended right there um Garrett Rangel, gosh, I mean, I know he's only a freshman, but it did not look good whatsoever. Now, it's hard for me to, you know, I mean, what is it? One month of preparation, just trying to get ready for this thing. Um, being the back, I think he was like third string most of the year, wasn't he? Like he was third string with Gundy being ahead of him. So, look, it, it's hard for me to put that much onus on him, that much fault. Of course, being the guy that he is, I'm sure he'll probably try to own up to it, try to take some accountability and responsibility for the situation. But not being able to convert on third down until the fourth quarter, I mean, come on, you know, what what, what are we talking about? Uh, it doesn't help at all that we had horrible turf conditions that were happening over there at the Guarantee Bowl. Um, but golly, what a, what, what a sad way to end a bad season. Felt like a fitting, yeah. I mean, a bad season, yeah. I on Rangel, I was like trying to give him the benefit of the doubt, especially in the pouring rain against West Virginia. But there were some throws, I mean, he had some, he had some decent plays in there, uh, but there were some throws that I was just like, like, come on, man, <laughs> like the too easy, like the this we have been setting up, it seems like that uh fake screen where you uh, presley went to go fake a block come out that could have been a touchdown easily just get the ball there i mean but uh growing pains yeah, right I, 
I, I don't know. Like I, I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt. Like I said, I know a lot of it had to do with uh, injuries on the O line. You know, how much rhythm can you really get into? Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, a lot of, a lot of that uh, enthusiasm for him, from my perspective, has cooled a little bit, which is pretty unfortunate. But hey, man, you gotta you gotta step up. You gotta you gotta make the plays. Yeah. Couple encouraging things from the game this week is that our leading rusher and our leading receiver were are both true freshmen. So that is encouraging. There is something to work with there. I. I say that, I mean, Stefan Johnson was a leading receiver. However, it was one catch for 85 yards. It was a touchdown catch, though. So it's kind of, it's hard to really gauge how big of an impact you can make because it's only one play, but it's still an 85-yard touchdown run. It was a good run. They capitalized off the turnover on the previous defensive drive or defensive uh, outing. It's just, I mean, we do have Zane Flores commit from Nebraska coming in. We can talk about him in a little bit. I mean, the sad news about yesterday and it breaks your heart for the seniors especially brock martin last time we will see him in a cowboy uniform he is declaring for the nfl you have to give him props for coming out and playing one last game instead of saying nope i'm gonna forego the bowl game so i mean he's just the heart and soul of the defense the other player uh is um why am i blanking on his name jason taylor wow meg Jason Taylor also had a great game. He is not officially declared yet, but everyone's kind of thinking that he is all like, why would you not JT go get your money in the NFL, move on while you're healthy. What have those two meant to the program? Yeah. I mean, look, you, you talk about, you know, about bright spots over there. Um, people who, um, you know, the, the story of Jason Taylor for him to come in as a backup earning his stripes and everything that he has gotten, making his way up and earning an All-American season. That's tried and true who Oklahoma State is, right? Like, hey, that guy, if you're going to come in, if you stick with us, you're going to get a chance to go to the next level. And that's what I hope every recruit you know, really comprehends. Like, hey, it's not always about that instant playing time. But if you have the right people who are ahead of you, who can kind of take you under their wing and show you the way, hey, they'll put you in position to actually succeed in the professional level, right? So you take that same example, even with Brock Martin, him being able to learn from Malcolm Rodriguez, and we see what kind of season he's having as a rookie for the Detroit Lions right now. If you stick with it and you learn from these guys who have been a part of the scheme, part of the program, you'll be able to develop into the type of player that can play on Sundays. So I think that's encouraging for the guys that are coming in, for the freshmen, for the transfers that are coming in. And, um, you know, you just love to see it. You love to see loyal and true Cowboys just buy into the program and, and, and stick it out. Yeah, and I think those two names that you mentioned, Brock Martin, Jason Taylor, those are names that maybe not be they're, – they're not going to be, I don't think, as remembered by the fan base as much because, unfortunately, we went 7-6 and six this year. But that being said – there are some fans that, you know, guys just like have a good time sitting around bringing up old names from the past. And Brock Martin and Jason Taylor are names that somebody's going to throw out there one day. And that's just going to put a smile on whoever whoever's face they're talking to. He's like, man, Brock Martin, dude, like talk about the epitome of cowboy culture, yeah. you know, sticking it out, playing through injuries and all this stuff. So 
Um, that that that's what you want to see in the players. You know, unfortunately for him, uh, it didn't turn out as as well on the win loss. But uh, very you know, uh, very thankful for their contributions to Cowboy football. Um, yeah, and and yeah, just that that that's all you that's all you can really hope for for anybody that's coming in. Um, I mean, that's that's just two perfect examples of who you can look up to. There was somebody. There was a random Twitter account earlier this week that was like, "Hey, name a random athlete," and I, I, I quote retweeted it and put LeBron Nash on there, right? Because it's one of those things that you're talking about, Justin. It's just like people will sit around and just be like, "Hey, who's some random athlete?" Oh, LeBron Nash. We love him at Oklahoma State, especially whenever he was able to, you know, switch his playing style a little bit. But whenever you look at Brock Martin and Jason Taylor, honestly, I don't think they're just going to be random names. I truly believe that they're people who have like potential to have real success at the name at the next level if they're in the right scheme and if they're coached properly. Yeah, that's true. That is true. If if they can, uh, you know, have success at the next level, they just add to that legendary status at Oklahoma State. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're just likable guys, good people, and you you want to see them succeed at the next yeah. level. If there's an offensive player that I can just highlight real quick, Brennan Presley. I mean, we saw what he did in the bowl game, right? I think he went for, what, 75 yards, six catches. But I've said it once, I've said it twice, I've said it thrice, and I'm going to say it again. We haven't even seen close to Brennan Presley's potential yet. Okay, whether that's because of you know quarterbacks, arm talent, the scheme, or whatever, I think he is one of the most talented players in the Big Twelve Conference. Definitely one of the quickest, one of the fastest. And I just can't. Oh, I can't. I hope it's not one of those Tyreek Hill situations to where it's like, why is this guy so good, and how come we never heard of him while he was in college? <laughs> this guy needs to be getting the ball in his hands so much more often. And I think that is something that we need to be building upon as the years come hey he needs to be zane flores's best friend whenever all these quarterbacks best friends whenever they come into the program (laughs) we can get more on zane flores and the new additions to the pokes roster however hot off the presses a few minutes before we started recording this episode trace ford made his decision on where he'll be playing next year and he will be down in norman boomer sooner guys Thoughts on this news coming from Ford? First of all, man, you're going to have to bleep that out. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, why are you cussing on the podcast? Sorry. Sorry, it's a family show. I forgot. I'll, I'll censor it later. <laughs> i keep this friendly, okay? Um, to be honest with you, so I, a few years ago, I remember, I think it was 2008, whenever Adrian Peterson had total reconstructive knee surgery, went out there and had one of the greatest NFL seasons that I've ever watched with my own two eyes. Almost broke the single season record. Eric Dickerson rushed for over 2,000 yards. And I remember thinking to myself, man, this guy went to OU, but you know what? I think I think I could, I could root for this guy. I could root for this guy. But I've never rooted for a player at that university while they were at that university. You know, over the years, I've got to know some guys who went there. You know, we become friendly, but kind of at a distance because I still don't fully, you know, trust them down in Norman. Now, with that said, Trace Ford is going to be the first player ever that I actually root for while he is at Oklahoma. And, you know, it's kind of hard to say, but man, what a good dude. Whenever he came in as a freshman and he was, what, Big 12 Newcomer of the Year, he had freshman All-American, I believe he can play inside. He can slide outside. I've talked to NFL scouts who think he has all the talent in the world. I mean, that's a guy that 
is easy to root for, not just because of his play style, but man, he is a good dude. I know that a lot of people in the OK State Twitter sphere, they like to go back to what he said about his experience playing in Norman. But people change, people grow, people evolve, right? Like that happened years ago. This is what happens whenever you actually, you know, grow from that. But man, yeah, it was like two years ago, right? Not that long ago. Yeah, so cute, a couple years ago. I mean, things change. Things change, especially whenever that NIL bag comes calling, baby. Things change. Now, with that being said, like, he's such an easy person to root for. I think his mom's and, and his dad, like his parents, like great people, easy people to root for. And I wish Trace nothing but the best. This is the first time that I've ever seen somebody from OSU actually transfer to OU. I don't know if, if, if y'all remember any of that ever happening, but... Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a little weird and it's gonna be a little painful to see him wearing that. Uh, I don't even want to say the color. I I don't like this at all. I don't like the move at all. <laughs> like, I just I don't understand how you can go to a rival that is there's just so much disdain and it kind of makes me wonder like, was he ever really bought in fully to Oklahoma State or was it always kind of in the back of my mind like oh maybe I can go to OU and you know that's 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 what comes across whenever I see this thing and I'm just like, you know, fans are going to be fans, right? People are going to be upset about it, but this is not limited to Oklahoma state fans in any way. Like if he played it at OU and then transferred to Texas, it it could be so much worse. So, you know, people are going to be, there's that whole side of the fence. Like, you know, don't don't say anything bad about him. Like he he did all this stuff for us. And then there's the other side that's like, you know, can't believe you do this. You're a snake, and you know, t- talking all kinds of vitriol. But I mean, like I, I lean a little bit more to the right, to be honest, because I'm just like, dude, how can you do that? And not if he does go to the NFL, you, you know, he's got a, a primetime game and he's starting or whatever they're doing. The what does he call. say? It's gonna be. Oklahoma. He's gonna be saying he's like an Oklahoma guy, and it's like, bro, you play, you play you like thirteen games in Oklahoma. Like, come on. Where, where did he go to high school? Was it like Edmond Santa Fe? Yeah. He better claim that. Like, man, please <laughs> say that before you say Oklahoma. I beg you, Trey. That, that's my only ask. Say Edmond Santa Fe or Oklahoma State. You know, we'll take that. Well, to to Justin's point too, I you know when I played lacrosse in college, we had our rival, and they were our bitter rival like they could be a I mean they were good every year but I never in a million years would have ever thought of transferring to that school like it's just nope would never do it and I remember when I started working I was working with an editor and we were were just talking he's like oh I went to school in Vermont I went to Norwich and I was like Norwich you went there and it was like you know all of a sudden I mean he and I are super cool but it's like oh automatically you're docked a couple points because you went to my rival college that being said, I I wish him the best. He's meant a lot to the program. It's kind of like if if Spencer Sanders went to Penn State. Wish you the best. Hope you have an injury-free season, but please throw seven picks a game, you know? Trace, like, hope you play well. Hope you don't get hurt, you know? But feel free to not get any sacks or even not get any interceptions, anything like that. Now, here's what sticks out to me, Justin. Whenever you say, was he ever bought in if you're willing to transfer to your rival school? I mean, you take a look at a guy who not only, you know, performed right for for this university, but he was a critical part in actually recruiting people 
from his high school and bringing them to Oklahoma State. So I've had the pleasure of going to Oklahoma State and speaking to the football team several different times over the years. He's a guy that I connected with immediately. We exchanged phone numbers. We've had conversations. We've we've gone bowling together, right? Like that guy was bought in. Like he was all for it. Think about what he has gone through. You talk about three critical injuries over the course of his college career like that'll take a toll on everybody at some point you have to make sure that you're looking out for yourself and not to mention there's probably a bunch of information about the coaching staff that we don't know that he probably knows and if there's too much inconsistency there you have to do what is best for your future so i tend to be on the side of of trace Ford specifically so i'm sorry but um i i get it i get hey, it i I get that too. I'm all for anybody that wants to do the best for them. I totally get that. But like step back and really evaluate it. I mean, is the best thing actually going to your rival or could you go somewhere else? Or could you stay at Oklahoma State? Is it I mean, you are in control of this ultimately. It's not what color of jersey you're wearing. So I mean, I'll just leave it at that. I mean, it's not like he committed to OU right away. Like he took several visits. He went to USC. He had several schools that were looking at him. So, I mean, it's hard for me to say, Oh, he may have been on the back of his head that he would go to OU the whole time. Like, you know, it took some time. I was half expecting him to go to USC with Cobb, to be completely honest, but you also have Brett Venables. Who's a very successful defensive coordinator as the head coach and the in, I know that Trace Ford is on defense, but there's so much inconsistency on OSU's offense. Not saying that Oklahoma didn't have their problems too, but maybe he saw something in Brett Venables' pitch and talking to the team and the other coaches that he didn't see at Oklahoma State where he's like, you know what? This is the better situation for me, and I might actually be able to get off the field with this team. Yeah, only time can tell. So, enough about players who will not be here anymore we have some very exciting new additions we talked about seven players added from the transfer portal and we signed 17 players on early signing day six offensive players 10 defensive players a punter we mentioned zane flores quarterback from nebraska he is the number 18 qb prospect in the class according to rivals uh, he led his team to a state championship game 3,117 yards, 31 touchdowns in the air, plus 274 rush yards and 10 rush touchdowns as a senior. Very excited for him. Ladarius Webb Jr., need I say more, and Hudson Cack, a punter from Australia who trained at Pro Kick Australia. And guess who else went to Pro Kick Australia? Tom Hutton. Who are you guys most excited about joining this class? Yeah. Go ahead, Justin. Uh, well, I guess I think for me it's floors, and and mostly that's because with him being at Nebraska and having Matt Rule come in uh, to be their head coach at Nebraska and and probably recruit him pretty hard at the eleventh hour. The fact that he stayed committed to Oklahoma State uh, really, uh, I, I I just like that kind of uh, commitment and buy-in uh, players like that. So I, I'm I'm actually becoming more fan more of a fan of people that are already on our team yeah. that are going through the portal stuff. And they're sticking with Oklahoma state uh, who are actively coming out on Twitter and talking about how much they love Oklahoma state. Like these are the players that I'm really getting behind. And the fact that he's already got that under his belt coming in as a true freshman uh, is, is pretty awesome. And I, and I think like 
you know, there's, there's a lot of comparisons, um, at least in, uh, looks to like Trevor Lawrence. So, uh, he's got that going for him, I guess. Bro, you talk about comparisons. There are people who live and die by high school sports in the state of Nebraska. And if you look at some of their message boards, they will tell you that he is the most talented high school quarterback to ever come out of that state. Now, I mean, I don't know how true that is. I've never watched any of his high school film, okay? But, man, people love Zane Flores. So I think he's pretty much the highlight of this this class, right? I'm excited to see what he's going to be able to do. But the pl- the person that I might be the most excited about is Lardarius Webb, who's coming in from the JUCO ranks, you know, his son of Lardarius Webb, who played in the NFL. And, you know, here's a guy who led JUCO in uh, interceptions. He was a JUCO All-American. You know, there was a huge void that we were going to have to, to, to fit, to, to replace in uh, Jabbar Muhammad, Moment of silence for, for, for my guy Jabbar. But Jabbar Muhammad, who went and he transferred to Washington, which is so freaking random. Like, why are you going to so Washington? Anyway? <laughs> Have you seen the view of that from that stadium, man? You go and you look at their stadium and you see that Seattle skyline. I'm sorry. It beats the Stillwater skyline. Sorry. Sorry. I believe it. But hey, we that- don't need a we don't need a skyline, all right? We've got the the neon black skies of Stillwater, Oklahoma during night games. So they have sales special games. enough. And I'll say this, though, for Washington, they tweeted out welcome home to Muhammad. And I was like, bro, what? He's he's from Texas. Like, what are you talking about? DeSoto, Texas to to Washington. But they're making them feel like home. Right. I get it. So, I mean, with that being said, like Darius Webb, I think he's a guy who's going to be able to come in right away, be able to play. Hopefully he can um, replicate a lot of the production that we saw from Jabbar Muhammad. Uh, what's interesting? I, to- I think I I, I got to say that though I am excited about that and that aspect of uh, I think that he can make come in and make an immediate impact, whereas I think Floors has the situation of being a true freshman, where I just don't think that Gundy's going to put him out there unless he's the clear number one guy. Um, or he yep. he might not even at that point. So <laughs> with Ladarius Webb Jr. coming in and being you know the guy that we're expecting him to be, I'm very excited about that. Now, how much of an influence do you think Tom Hutton had in getting Hudson Cack to actually come in from Australia? I don't know, but he what I love is that he was actually a real estate agent in Australia before coming here. And I'm super excited about him because Tom Hutton is a phenomenal punter, great player. We've had very good luck with Australians. And I don't think I mean, last night the the punter kicker um uh Logan Ward, he was booming those things. Yeah. No, Sorry, my internet is deciding to go off right now as I'm looking up names. But, um, he, I mean, people don't understand the value of a good punter until you don't have one. So I think oh, that yeah. having having Cack, if he is as good as Tom Hutton, I mean, he played Australian rules football. He played in the same pro kick program as Hutton. So hopefully the same training means similar <laughs> Similar production. Yeah, and he's a grown-up. He's a grown-up. He's coming in as an adult who was already working in real estate. I remember the first time I met Tom Hutton, he was sitting towards the back of the room. I was about to give a presentation on, I think it was professionalism. And I met, I meet him, you know, kind of hear about some of his story. And then I come to realize this guy's older than I am. Like <laughs> Tom is one year older than me. <laughs> you know? I'm like, what this, I don't know, it's just kind of mind-blowing. But you gotta love those mature guys who come in or are about the work and, and want to come in and help the team win immediately. Yeah, the 
what's funny about that is like the punters, kickers, all those guys on special teams that you wouldn't think they need to be in tip top shape. I mean, they go through the program just like everybody else. Like they're doing the off season workouts, body by glass and all that stuff. So, Bro, you know, respect, you respect to that for he's over here with like, you know, 32 year old knees doing this stuff. So, you know, wait, 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 props. wait a minute. Do you remember whenever we used to have those competition days during winter workouts and West Harlan, uh, Dan Bailey and um, Quinn Sharp would be like some of the quickest people out there as <laughs> you got a place kicker, you got a punter and you have a holder and they out there with quick feet like beating people in all these ridiculous drills. I'm like, yeah, they're going through the program just like the rest of us. And they were bought in. I mean, not an Oklahoma State player, but Pat McAfee was one of the most jacked players in the NFL during his career. And he was a punter. So it's not limited to just the defensive line or the receivers that are out there in the weight room. And and Hutton tore his ACL as a punter. So people who are sleeping on special teams and saying they don't put the work in, he tore his ACL trying to make a play after a punt. So let's give the special teamers some respect here. <laughs> special teamers have feelings too. One last thing going back to Flores, what I'm excited about Flores coming in, there really hasn't been a quarterback controversy or QB battle in the last three or four years with Spencer Sanders. So with Flores coming in, even if he's not the starter, that might light a fire under Rangel to get some working in the office off season. I don't want to say try harder, but, you know, stay a little later studying film, put in a little extra effort to get the starting job, because I don't think it's a guarantee that oh. he'll be the starter next year versus floors. Oh, and Gunnar Gundy's still there. You don't know. Like he could also have an incredible off season, prove himself and be named the starter come mid-August. So I, I'm excited to have some competition in the QB room. And I just, I just hope it's not one of those situations where because he's a freshman, he's not going to play right away. Like we knew whenever Wes Lunt got there, whenever, you know, was it 2012, 2013? Like Wes Lunt should have been the starter, right? We knew that, who, who was the other, Mason Rudolph. When Mason Rudolph, Rudolph, the red shirt freshman, like we knew Rudolph should not have been getting red shirted. He should have been getting significant snaps and then went on to become the most decorated passer in Oklahoma State history. Right. So I just hope it's not one of those. Hey, I'm really loyal to my seniors. So because they're an upperclassman, they have to play right now. No, like let the best person have a chance at at, at uh, leading this team. Well, we shall see. It's an ex exciting time for the Cowboys, for the Cowboys. Uh, but our season is over. I know this is the Believe in OK State podcast, but we're still talking college football. Cannot go this week without talking about the much anticipated college football playoffs. In the Peach Bowl, we have Georgia and Ohio State. We won't spend too much time on this. Guys, how are you feeling about this matchup? Uh, you know, uh, I, I kind of go back and forth between anybody, anybody could win and Georgia's going to kill Ohio state. <laughs> like, I just, I don't know, like until it comes out, I'm just kind of like, ah, whatever. But, um, the, the fact that both teams have the whole month to, uh, prepare for each other, uh, that's, that's a big deal. Um, the, style I, the most the, the the 
yeah, the, the most exciting thing I, that I'm looking forward to for that matchup specifically is the uh, coordinators, right? So offensive coordinator Todd Munkin versus defensive coordinator Jim Knowles. Um, so uh, that's that's your tie to believe in OK State. Uh, but <laughs> I would say, uh, you know, I'm, I'm more interested in the X's and O's than the Jimmy's and Joe's of this game, which is kind of uh, not not too common. Um yeah, it's probably the opposite for the other playoff game, to be honest. But, but. look, there are um, a couple players, um, you know, who I've gotten to know over the years that are playing in this game. Kendall Milton. Um, I, I was at UGA earlier this season. Kendall Milton running back at Georgia. Keely Ringo, who is going to be, you know, a first round cornerback that gets drafted this year, maybe even the first cornerback that gets drafted this year. So you take a guy like Keely Ringo, who has world class talent as a DB match him up against Marvin Harrison Jr., who is probably the most pro-ready player in college football right now. Them going to – I hope they're not moving him into the slot. Or if they are, I hope Keely is following him the entire time. That is the matchup that I'm watching for. So I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, but I also think there are going to be key defensive plays that make it exciting all the way around. So I'm, I'm hyped about this game. I hope it's a good game, but I do I do want Georgia to win. What I thought was interesting when I was sort of looking at the pregame notes for this game, Ohio State, most of the season, they've allowed 3.9 yards per carry in the run game, except when they play Michigan. It was 7.2. So I think the biggest question mark to me and what I'm most interested in seeing is which defense are we going to get, especially because Georgia's run game has been by committee. They are averaging 207 yards per game with Kenny mm. McIntosh, Dejon Edwards, and Kendall Milton. So, and, What's and. That like? <laughs> I did not realize it was that much. That's crazy. Yeah, they're, they're pretty good. However, uh, Georgia gave up 502 passing yards to LSU in the SEC championship. So trying to contain Marvin Harrison Jr., who, Eve, as you said, is one of the top players at that in college football, and Emeka Ibuka. Sorry if I butchered that name. So I think that it's just going to be a very interesting match because both teams are scoring a lot of points and they're not conceding a lot. So it's going to be interesting. Is it going to be a high-scoring game or is it going to be a 24-21 situation? But for yeah, the Yeah, and I kind of... Uh... I'm wondering about that a little bit because um, Marvin Harrison Jr., absolutely phenomenal receiver. I think that the maybe the competition in the Big Ten hasn't been as good. So I am very interested to see what that looks like against an SEC defense. Mm-hmm. Before we move on to the next one, we'll do quick game picks. Picks with Bix. Much to my shock, he went with Ohio State. I thought he was going to go with the, the Bulldogs because dogs, but he went with Ohio State. However... I'm going against him. I'm going UGA. Go dogs. Going with UGA because I think they know how to use tight ends better than anybody in the country. Tight ends are the X factor. That's I'll true. Say every <laughs> single week, I'm going to say tight ends are the X factor on offense. They're over here running jet sweeps with their tight ends. Man, it's crazy. Uh, UGA all the way for sure. Go dogs. All right. And in the Fiesta Bowl, Michigan. TCU, I'm actually really excited for this matchup. I think on paper, the two teams are pretty, pretty evenly matched. 
When uh, Michigan played Ohio State the last week of the season, they did a pretty good job of containing Marvin Harrison Jr. And now they're going up against top NFL prospect Quentin Johnson on TCU. J.J. McCarthy is sort of a threat on the ground and in the air. Uh, I think the X factor for Michigan this week is Donovan Edwards, who is filling in for the injured Blake Corum. Mm-hmm. Uh, TCU held Bijan Robinson Robinson to 29 yards when they faced Texas, but then they gave up 130 yards to Deuce Vaughn in the Big 12 championship. So again, as I was saying with the other game, kind of tale of two defenses, you're giving up a lot, but you're also containing. I think that Donovan Edwards could be the difference maker for Michigan in this matchup. Yeah, you know, he absolutely could be. Look, TCU quarterback Max Duggan, he went ahead and he declared that, hey, after this season over, he is going into the NFL draft. I think there's a little extra oomph, right, internally for himself and amongst his teammates that can rally behind that. I actually love that he did that. Um, it almost makes it feel a little more spirited, right? Almost like, a, hey, more urgency with every single play. Um, I think that um, the, the 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 inside of the defensive line for um, TCU, are they going to be able to hang with the interior offensive line of Michigan's offense? If they can win the majority of those battles or just half of those battles, then TCU is going to have a real chance. I'm rooting for TCU because of the Big 12. So, yeah, I, I hope TCU Ooh. wins. I'm taking TCU to win it. See, I'm a little bit on the opposite end of that spectrum. Like, I, as much as I wanted to go for the Big 12, I, I just can't because I feel like TCU is already taking advantage of their great season. And I think that if they continue that into the playoff, then they're just going to keep getting more recruits. And I'm just like, oh, I can't handle this. Like, we need to pump the brakes a little bit, TCU. Like, we go. The more money we get as a university, uh, like you're rooting for OSU too. Um, what are we going to do with that money, though? So it's going to extend Gundy for some ridiculous amount of money or something like okay. what are we doing with that money is the question. So anyway, um, go blue. Sorry, TCU. See, I I am torn on this one. I'm with Eve. I want TCU to win for the Big 12 for Max Duggan, he's so likable. However, if you guys did not see the feature on either Big Noon Kickoff or College Game Day on Michi Walker, Michigan fan, amazing football player who was diagnosed with cancer. He died in the beginning of this month, earlier in December. Incredible story, heartbreaking story. And I feel like it's part of me is like this season for Michi, you know, he was very glued to that program. They had him in several times. So I want Michigan to win for Michi. I just think that it would be a, a cap to an amazing season if they could pull off the co- like make it all the way through. However, I think TCU, I just I think they're 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 bitter about how it ended in the Big 12 championship. I feel like they've always found ways to win. I think having a month off is really going to help them prepare for this matchup. And I think they they are one of the tougher opponents that Michigan has played all year. Yeah, they played Ohio State, but the Big Ten is not the Big 12. And I think TCU can do it. And picks with Bix. My dog has my back. He also went with the Horn Frogs. Yay. Going for two upsets. But yeah, TCU. Yeah, I tell you. You are such a journalist, Megan, going for the storylines. It's like, hey, which story, which story? No, but I get it. It is 
an incredible story with Michi and, and what's happening over at Michigan. One thing that I always try to keep in mind is like, I bet you there are some great stories on TCU side as well that may have not been highlighted. So I try to keep it strictly to football, but I'm <laughs> hey, I'm talking for a great story too. So I, hey, I get it. I get it. I also, I have nothing against Michigan. I actually really like Michigan. Ann Arbor is one of my favorite college towns. I love that school. So this this is a matchup where I'm like, you know what? I hope both teams have fun. <laughs> so I'm just, I hope they both play well. I just really don't want Ohio State in the championship. That's all I care about. So I really need Georgia to pull through. Michigan, TCU, both teams have fun. But my official pick is TCU. I'm making that official. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm rooting for TCU. And if Justin, if your concern is that TCU is just going to get all the recruits, guess what? They have 10 four star recruits that are committed to them already. So we're not catching up. Like they're far and away ahead of the new Big 12 as we speak. That is so sad. One season, one season, we're already getting passed up by TCU. Sonny Dykes, man, he's, he's that guy. You got to get a strong recruiter, especially in the state of Texas. Well, in our next episode, we can discuss recruiting tactics for the future for Oklahoma State. So if any listeners have ideas, please send them in. We'll take mailbag questions. It'll be great. It'll be great. I love it. I love it. Let me tell you. Uh, well, here we'll talk about it next week. We'll talk about it next week. All right. We have our topic for next week. So everyone come back with your best recruiting tactics for Oklahoma State. But for now, that is all for this episode of the Believe in OK State podcast presented by Bet Online. Like, share, subscribe, follow, comment, whatever you've got to do. We always appreciate you listening. And guys, next time I see you, it'll be 2023. So happy new year. Happy new year and go freaking pokes. pokes. That's right, baby. 2023, Oklahoma State undefeated, at least for now. So, (laughs) Bro, you can't start it like that and then say, "Eh, eh, at least for now. 2023 will be our year. We'll just leave it at that. There you go. All right. Go, folks.